What's up, my little pudding cups, which is what <laughs> the nickname I've decided to give you all, anyone who listens to that. You're my little pudding cups. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Alston Pudding Podcast, presented by Alston Pudding, brought to you by Alston Pudding, uh, <laughs> brought to you by State Farm. No, just kidding. They don't sponsor us. No one gives us any money. This is uh, completely DIY. As I just told a friend who mentioned that they would be interested in <laughs> acquiring a sugar daddy, I said... I'll just take the sugar, hold the daddy. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting ready to uh, hop on the Amtrak train, head down to DC. A friend of mine from uh, from childhood is getting married. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I'll be doing tonight. So I wanted to record this intro and the outro real quick for this episode before I get going on there, because I'm sure <laughs> I'll be asked to stop <laughs> if I try to do this on the overnight Amtrak train, yeah. Oh, what a week! What a what a what a good week for me personally. Uh, if you've had a bad week, I'm sorry. This this week has felt good. I've, I've been feeling good. Anyway, this week we're back with another episode of the the old this this dang old podcast in Boom Hour Talk. But and my guest this week is Mary Getty, who's sort of a he makes music similar to to rap hip hop, but it's it's a little it's a little looser than that. There's there's a lot of like I guess like alternative hip hop might be a good genre label for it, but but yeah, I I I, I feel like that is nonetheless a little little limiting too. He's he's quite a character as you're going to hear. My favorite part of this interview coming up is there's a extended section where he tells me about a nightmare that he had a couple years ago and it's just a wild dream and i had such a blast <laughs> listening to to their to their retelling of of this dream so yeah anyway without further ado here is mary getty Clean. Like. 
Marigetti, <laughs> you bugs. <laughs> we we can we can Italianize this as much as uh, as possible. <laughs> But anyway, Marigetti is here with me. I'm with Harry. All right, how you doing today? Uh, I'm cool. A little tired. But... I want to get into your uh, into talking about you as as an artist, talking about oh, your music. Stop it. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This I mean, is your why... interview. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> no, please. <I'm> not. <laughs> You're the artist. Nah, <laughs> Welcome I, to my uh... podcast. <laughs> Follow me on Spotify. Yeah, the, the Austin Pudding podcast hosted by uh, Marigetti. <laughs> so when, no, did I... you start, when did you start making music? How old were you? Uh, I was like, first time I was in bands was in high school. Played in some very confused bands. Just bands that like... You know, when you like link up with friends and you're like, oh, you play an instrument, I play an instrument, let's link up, except we're interested in like vastly different forms of music and we could never really like make it sync up in a way that like probably would have been cool now if we could like combine the various elements. Like I was, I was into a lot of like, like classic and blues rock. It, it, that's what I like played when I was learning guitar as a teenager. And then the bassist in one of the bands I was in was super into punk and then our drummer was really, really into metal. And so we were trying to like find some marriage there, but I think we were like too young and like, you know, didn't have enough musical know-how to, cause like theoretically all that can mash up and we could have probably made something really cool if we were, you know, had a little more maturity under our belts. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I got started playing in bands, but I haven't played in one in a while. Yeah, in the past few years, I've made like a lot more like electronic music, especially with a friend of mine who is his like production skills have like leveled up a lot in the past few years. So fortunately we haven't been able to get together too much over the last like year and a half, but we've been kind of getting back together a couple times past few weeks. What's the project called? Oh, uh, it's called Symbiax. S Y M B I A X. Please send that to me after this interview. I'd love yeah, to hear totally. It. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, like I really, I really dig your stuff. I was listening to your, yeah, the title of the, I guess you'd call it like an EP because it's like 20 minutes. It's an album. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a lot of like, you know, seven like, songs. It's an album. Yeah. <laughs> Six, no, it a, would be an EP, but it's seven. So it's an album. I think that's an, I, I tend to go by like overall length, but I know like a lot of people just like, The, the lines are like blurred now in the uh, especially right now yeah in like the the digital age the the algorithmic spotify age of listening but yeah ep or album it's like it's really good a really good 20 minutes flows really nicely a lot of cool sounds i think you had described it to me in your email as being like glass post-punk and kind of like hip -hop oh, that, funk. oh that was the one from before the the many voices joint many voices oh, okay 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 uh, i'm waiting for a that's call just back. a thread yeah nice yeah And so we had gotten linked up because you had uh, hit me up when you were dropping a video for Risky, one of the tracks from Many Voices. 
and you came through the day before um, <laughs> the project dropped. Like at night, I was like, "Oh, nobody's gonna write about this. Nobody cares." <laughs> no, I, I, thought was, I thought it was. I thought it was a cool know. video, and I dig your sound. A lot of like, a lot of like really interesting like textures and rhythms going on. And I'd say that is pretty consistent for like just your overall sound too, where you've got a lot of like interesting things going on, and I, I really like the cadence of your voice too, because it's like sort of on that line where you're like rapping a lot but it's also it's not just like you know like straight up couplets a lot of the time what's a couplet again <laughs> it's uh it's like two lines that rhyme right okay you know writing a, a verse of lyric rap or like lyrics a lot of the time they just you know it's just like two two like pairs of twos right which you've got you know plenty of examples in that of that but uh i feel like sometimes you also like i don't have a lyric any lyric sheets for you in front of me but um i feel like a lot of the time you'll uh i don't know it you're kind of like more rhythmically delivering statements or like longer pieces that aren't necessarily coupled by these rhymes but still like putting them in sort of this rhythmic cadence um and a lot of your lyrical content, again, I don't have any lyrics right in front of me, but I remember there's there's one track, and you'll probably be able to tell me which it is, where you're like <laughs> uh, talking about how you're friends with like a pet goldfish or something. Do I have that right? <laughs> uh, the second song, if you if you're with it. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are those like like images and ideas like that? Are those like pretty common throughout your your lyricism? Throughout my life. I, I don't know. It, it it all um I don't write and I don't really think about how the songs come out. I don't re-record most of the time. I just punch in like two lines or a line or three lines and then I move on. So I haven't really thought about it much, but fish fish definitely come up a lot. I really love fish. <laughs> oh, what about what about fish do you do you really like? Um I like how they taste, but I hear they're bad for the environment, so I'm trying to chill out <laughs> with that. But um <laughs> I like how they look. I kind of, I really like being in the ocean and water. I feel very connected to water. I feel very at home in the water. Maybe in another life, I was a fish, although I doubt it. But I, <laughs> I, just, I really like fish. Like, I like how they look. I like how they live. It's, it's kind of simple, but some of the fish have pretty complicated lives too, mm-hmm. especially deep down. Um, oh, yeah. Cuttlefish yeah. are really interesting. I have um I have a shelved album last year that I almost dropped called Aquatic Conspiracy Theories about this dream I had about it was a really scary dream where fish were taking over the world and i woke up and the week before i made a song called catfish and then i just made like 10 more songs that are fish themed i might drop it in like september or august for fun. <laughs> nice nice so uh, what, what does the fish world order look like in your dreamscape oh it was so scary i have it on my phone in my notes but i'll, I'll try to remember it in short right now <laughs> uh so i was I was in like this giant, I have, I have a song called Boyfish 2. Um, it's my biggest song. I'm by no means a large artist, but a lot of people that I know like me for the song Boyfish. And I was in this giant like amphitheater. It was 100 feet tall. or No, it was 500 feet tall. And it was a palace. I think it was in Munich, Germany or something. And I was on top of the amphitheater and everybody was singing like different fish songs. And they're, they like remix Boyfish like 10 different ways. And it's all these kids. And I see this kid from my high school that was kind of racist and like uh, some random acquaintance from some job and like all just all these people, ex-friends, close friends, just just random people from the past assorted and a lot of kids. And they're all singing this song that I never heard before. 
And then people just started jumping off the amphitheater and into the water. A couple of my friends jumped in. And then the next thing I knew, I was on a beach and I saw all these horseshoe crab packets, like like horseshoe crab eggs. And I saw these kids in white robes and I saw the horseshoe crab packets and I knew that they were going to hatch death. And the death was that fish were coming out of water to take over the world. And I saw all the, like pure kids by the beach. And I'm like, damn, like these kids, like they're, they're all like, like five, eight, 13, 15, all in white robes. And it's like, they're, they're all like pure and happy. And I see like in the water, these mysterious horseshoe crab packets. And I couldn't say anything. My mouth was completely shut. So you couldn't even warn them that the fish were coming to take over? I couldn't. And then I saw them patching. And then I just started running. And then this guy, uh, not a guy, they weren't even gendered. Like this, they, they look like, you know, um, Sid from my age. Yeah. <laughs> but like in a, in a fish version of that? Yeah. <laughs> they were coming at me with like long tongues trying to dread me. And there was a pack of them. It was a really, really sad messed up dream. I wanted to cry. Yeah. Um, they were coming at me with tongues. I knew the kids were mostly gone at this point. And like the Sid, like squirrely, like ice age creature. But that was also a fish, like also like an eely feature, a creature on land was trying to trip me. So I would fall and it could eat me. And then one of them got me, but these creatures wouldn't die. So I had to like subdue the creature enough so it wouldn't attack me for like a minute or two and throw it into the pond. Otherwise, they'd all kill me. And then um, I ran into so my you were friend. So like, you were like humanity's last line of defense against the invading fish? Pretty much. And then at this point, it's gone. Like, it's been like <laughs> 15 hours. Yeah, oh, uh, so this was like an overnight epic <laughs> battle. It's... Yeah, I have, I'm sure I'm missing a lot of details. But, um, but and yeah, then it's I still like a pretty vivid, vivid dream description. <laughs> it's been two years or two and a half years now, which is wild that I remember any of the details. Then I ran into my friend and... She's like, hey, let's hang out. I was like, no, the fish are coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you understand? <laughs> and she's like, um, and she had like gummy worms coming out of her mouth. And then I woke up and there was something else. I, I, I was like, I was telling her like fish are coming. The world's over. <laughs> and then I made an album called Aquatic Conspiracy Theories. And I finished it the day COVID hit. Um, oh, like on March 11th of 2019, something like the 2020. I don't know. It's blurring together. And then I haven't done anything with it. But I have a lot of fish songs. And I, I was thinking about fish way before this. I actually made a fish documentary once um, about a fish like coming through a computer screen. I'm really not in horror movies, by the way. I'm very like scared <laughs> of that stuff. I, I only watched in eighth grade, this girl asked me out on a date um, to a horror movie. And I said no, and then she broke up with me. So that's the type of person I am. I'm not, I'm not like a scary person. But um, I like did a little short film thing for a class when I was like 17, 18 about fish coming through a computer screen, somebody coming home and watching fish documentaries. And then one day they come home and they're in the screen and the fish is watching them, human documentaries. Oh, geez. <laughs> but I've just always been interested. Yeah, no, fish, like aquatic life in general is really interesting. It's like, it's always felt like, I don't know, like almost like, I know they're of this earth, but they have this extraterrestrial quality to them. Evolution underwater took like a whole different, different course. Yeah, aquatic life is crazy. And like, as you were saying, especially like the deeper you go into those like high water pressure, deep sea, very dark areas, you mentioned cuttlefish, but then there's like anglerfish and like blobfish too. Like blobfish gets a lot of like meme traction. It's that one that like, it's sort of like a, just a, like a lump. There's like a picture that always like resurfaces. But I found out that that sort of like kind of lumpy quality in that blobfish photo is because it's been taken up to like above level mm. and, and so like it's it lives in such a high pressure environment that it doesn't look like that underwater like, the pressure like keeps its you know all its body mass in more and so when it comes up when people have like brought it up above like out of the ocean then it just sort of like lumps out <laughs> so yeah the, the picture of what a blobfish looks like is not the most accurate 
depiction of a of a blobfish, I guess. But that's been like a favorite been. fish of mine. Yeah. But yeah, do you have any like favorite fish? It seems like you might have like a while you respect them, you might also have like a tentative relationship with them based on like your your, <laughs> your dreams and your like subconscious view of fish. I don't know if I have a favorite. I I really like I like uh, octopus, octopi. I like uh, I really like all of them. Truth be told, I I don't know all the words like the names. I just see images in my head. Watched a lot of fish stuff growing up, but no, I I don't. I just remember I remember going to the aquarium and seeing the what's the, the manta ray? That's the like mm-hmm. white, triangle guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like petting him. Uh, I, I hear they don't like that, which is sad. Of course, I know they don't like humans. Weird, or being in an aquarium. I just remember feeling you know, like damn. I'm finally with some people I can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So those dreams sound like I don't want to get too much into because I'm hardly like a dream interpreter or anything. But there's some like interesting implications, I guess, of, I don't know, like nature, like fighting back against like human presence kind of tie into like the way we're treating the planet almost. Again, I don't, I'm not trying to like read into like your own dream interpretations here. Do you think there's anything that has to do with climate change, rapid climate change in those dreams? I'm not going to hold you. It's something that I don't, I, I truly don't think about climate change that much. I should be more, but I probably mentioned in this conversation more about climate change than I have in my entire life. Just because we kind of got on the fish train. Mm. But I'm sure that that would be like an appropriate interpretation. I think it goes hand in hand with we all want control in our lives. And I feel like there's a thread between wanting control over the world that humans humans want to have control over the world. And also a thread between that and us having wanting to have control over our own lives and like having autonomy. And how the two aren't anonymous, but we sometimes make it out to be that way. Make a detour, pit stop, backtrack, remember used to live with this fine. I can make it rot like Chris Fried Jews, be known or not, let's live not. Aquarium, find me in a gift shop, ball, gotta take a swim with a big one. Team Robin, I think I owes no ocean with a zipper. Gotta make a detour, pit stop, backtrack, remember used to live with this fine. I can make it rot like Chris Fried Jews, be known or not, let's live not. Aquarium, find me in a gift shop, ball, gotta take a swim with a big one. Team Robin, I think I owes no ocean with a zipper. We put trash with a trash to find me 500 deep Tabasco. We pay pack to pack the Tesco gas or dope with Pablo. If you drug me or mango, who needs the money and where does the time go? You can tell me about mine, I'm paid there, please not idle. Gotta make a deep for a bit, I'm back, I'm gonna use the whip of this vibe. I can make a rock with Chris Ryan, cause he don't know how to slip my. Where you'll find me in the gift shop, ball, then I take a swim with the big oil. Seeing my van, I think my always in the boat, ocean with a zip box. How to make a detour zip box. How to make it rock like Chris Rock, dude, we don't know how to slip my. Where you find me in the gift shop, ball, then I take a swim with a big one. Seeing my van, I think I always in the old ocean with a zip box. Are there any other like common threads in your in your songs that you keep coming back to? I know you, you said you don't really write lyrics that you kind of just like come up with a couple lines at a time, but do you ever find yourself like returning to the themes, ideas, images other than fish? I'm definitely now that I think about it, ultra repetitive. Like some some ideas do come up a lot, um, especially because I, I I think the first rap I wrote had like something about a C and I and I was 11. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's been a long, long time, and I probably do have themes. I just have so many songs at this point. I remember I did that that um, project here a couple years ago, and each song was a different animal. I definitely like adding animals to my songs. I don't really know. I I haven't been that like thoughtful. Like I never sit down and think about my lyrics. A lot of people say I, I tend to write about my emotions, 
um, and other things even through that, like everything's even. I just write exactly, you know, what's going on around me pretty much. And then sometimes there's little exaggerations and like sense of humor probably and that's just how i think though i'm not like trying to be funny at the same time there is that like a sense of humor there in a lot of those lyrics i don't think it comes from like not trying to be funny but i think it comes from like not taking yourself too seriously or anything exactly yeah, yeah. no i'm not like every time i make a song like i'm not gonna be funny though <laughs> um probably food comes up a lot like i always like i remember that risky song i said you're all a little egg the world is my omelet <laughs> and then in that uh the the fish song you just mentioned which isn't a fish song but i somehow had to sneak some fish lyrics and like goldfish is my best friend attention span like almond pull up pull up pull up pull up i'm a walnut i'm a nut. you know like <laughs> Um, probably food. I don't know. I, I, I really am not the one to ask. You could probably ask anybody else that listens. They probably have more to say. But I'm not conscious of it. To me, it's just like speaking at this point because I've been doing it for so long and it's how I communicate. It's, it's how I learn like social skills too through music. Like before music, I was not a very socially adept person. It helped me unwind my thoughts. It's my therapy too. I, like I don't, I don't have a therapist or another outlet besides the occasional runner that up. Just the, just the one sit up at a time. Just one, one sit That's up. That's all you need. <laughs> I, so I remember seeing this promo, little promo video that you posted on Instagram, like an upcoming on project. And it was like you opening a fridge and there was like a projection of another video featuring you like on the fridge while you opened it, which seemed like, again, like kind of tied into food. Like it seemed like you were getting a late night snack, but also like we've been talking about talking about your dreamscapes. I kind of see that in like some of the videos that I've seen, um, like this, this promo, there's a very out of body feel to that where, you know, we're watching like two versions of you at once, like one projected on the fridge and then one going to get this late night snack where it's sort of like this, I don't know, it almost feels like a body mind split almost, or like your mind is the versions projected onto the fridge and your body is searching in the night for this late night snack to like get in touch with like your phys- the physical needs of your body, like your hunger and, and your need to eat. That might be reading too much into, I don't want to trip you out and make you think of it like that. <laughs> that was just sort of uh, like my thought. That's, that's beautiful. You, wow. You are a good writer. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. That's why I'm tired. I was shooting more for that last night. I'm hopefully dropping it tonight at 9.42 PM. It's a, what, uh, what track is that for? It's all of them. Um, I made a, oh, an album music video. Visual album? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. I, I finished and that's, that's last for... Yeah. Um, hopefully one day I could go back and like do some like more full out individual songs. But in each video, there's like big shots like that about. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of music video. Album. I wouldn't say it's like a, a lyric video or anything like that. It's kind of music video. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But yeah, I definitely feel like there's more than just me on this earth. To extrapolate off of what you just said, I feel like there's many different sides of me. And it's not always me speaking, it's somebody else speaking through me at times. Maybe a higher power or something. But it, it feels often like I have no control over myself and what goes on around me. And it's mostly a positive thing. Sometimes it's negative, but it's mostly like the world's flowing through me and vice versa. There can be like a lot of peace to that that feeling where you just sort of like accept that you can only control like so much of what's going on. You can control like what's what's inside you and like your own kind of personal world, but there's like a much, much larger world that you are a part of and help make up and inhabit that you can't really control all that much other people, other like ways of the world. And I think that's like part of becoming like a Zen person, finding inner peace is that realization. That's something I'm working on for sure. I have so much work to do on that, but I'm trying. And it definitely like when I when I do music, that's that's what it is, hundred percent. So if I if I could just make music twenty four seven and not be caught up in anything else, I'd be yeah, I'd be pretty zen, pretty pretty much. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I kind of wanted to ask more about the video for Risky because I I picked that up not just because I like the song, but I really like the video. There were some like really funny images in there, like you on the train tracks, like rowing the was it a canoe or a kayak? I don't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I can't I can like explain the difference in like one's larger, terms, right? but yeah Which like a canoe larger? is a little more open I yeah. think a canoe has, is like a little wider I think it was a canoe then because the kayak is like this, the thinner plastic ones right yeah you kind of like fit into like an individual like little pocket in a kayak yeah. or like a canoe has more like an open basin 
maybe I, maybe I can explain the, the difference in words. I, I feel like more like if you showed me a picture of a canoe versus a kayak, I'd be like, that's a canoe. If you were like at one of those CAPTCHA things yeah. that was trying to, <laughs> trying, trying to prove, make me prove that I'm not a robot, select all the pictures of canoes. And I'd be like, I got this. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd be intimidated for sure. Damn, the CAPTCHAs have been getting crazy lately. Really, really wild CAPTCHAs. It was, it was my, with my friend, you know, we, um, we make music sometimes. Um, we've been shooting a lot of videos together and he hit me up. He'd never shot a music video before. And a lot of my friends have hit me up before and been like, yo, let's shoot a music video. It'll be fun. And a lot of them get shells. Um, so I was like, whatever. Like, he was hitting me up to do a music video. I just want to hang out with him. I haven't seen him for a while. He's a good friend. It'll be super fun every time we make it super fun. Probably get some good food, like swim. It's a hot summer day. It was a gnarly shoot. That was definitely the toughest video shoot I've ever done. No, second toughest video shoot I've ever done. It was so worth it. It was so intense. I'm glad it, I'm really glad it happened. That was, that was a special day that I captured that on, on video that we were lucky enough to capture that, especially considering that was Ghost's first video shoot ever. And that was one of the first videos I really spent a lot of time editing. I drew every one of those animations myself. It took a couple months. Really happy about it. Really grateful. I had, I've had a couple other projects before this. So I brought probably, yeah, probably six or seven. The first one on Spotify is The Hype Within. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have um, six, six, oh, seven, if you include. I did like a deluxe of many voices too. Yeah, like seven, about six, seven, something like that. Yeah. I think I said this in, uh, I think in the piece itself or maybe in the emails after, not that it was, it like felt like a direct like reference or comparison at all, but just reminded me a lot of Plastic Beach by Gorillaz, yeah. which is, I think we had talked about being mutual fans of that record. Are there any other specific influences that you have? I know like Queen Latifah gets a shout out on, on <laughs> Uh, yeah, I barely like, listen to Queen Latifah growing up. Barely. Um, so, well, so is the lyric like I want to party like Queen Latifah? Is that I'm in the party like Queen Latifah? Like, I'm, I'm okay. big. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm Queen Latifah status. Pull about her, her music back in the late '80s, '90s is really, really good. She's she's immensely talented. Yeah, and she's yeah. she's been acting too now, which is wild. Yeah, she does a lot more acting now. I think one of one of those '80s '90s rappers like uh, Ice T and Ice Cube, who has kind of like pivoted more to just acting at this point. Yeah, once once I turn 50, I hope I could be in the acting world. More. I've done like some uh, <laughs> background like. 
acting. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I've done a little bit. I did like theater for like 10 years. My only recent acting project is in a couple scenes in a friend's DIY horror movie. I know you're not like a horror, horror I was guy, actually but, in horror. I was, I was, it was like kind of a horror comedy and like pretty experimental. But I was in one with um like the drummer from Blondie and like Mac DeMarco and uh, this like old school rapper in New York when I was 16, 17. I was in two horror movies. It was crazy. Oh, cool. What are they called? Do you remember the name? Um, this director, her name is Dylan Greenberg, Dark Rhythm. Um, I think they're on YouTube for free, actually. Okay, word. I scored both, yeah, both of them actually. Wow. That's a while ago. Um, oh, cool. Oh, yeah, you asked uh, what my influences are. I wouldn't say, like, Gorillaz is, like, my, like, when people ask me what I was listening to that got me in music, I wouldn't say Gorillaz is the number one, but Gorillaz definitely impacted me. Specifically, Plastic Beat, I listen to a lot, um, especially, like, there's a song on that tape, or that album with, like, Little Dragon. Um, that's really beautiful. Yeah. I, I just, like, I love, like, punk bass. I grew up, so I didn't grow up with a lot of music. My, my family, like, didn't have, like, a lot of pop culture references around. We didn't have cable. We, like, my mom listened to Celtic music growing up and, like, classical sometimes. But, like, we never listened to, like, soul or, like, rock or any of that stuff. Or, like, rap. Like, definitely not rap. Or, like, electronic. Like, any specific composers in, like, classical? I have classical no or... clue. Uh, but I, I just thought that stuff was boring because I'm, like, 10 <laughs> and I just wasn't hip. But uh, my, my sister put me on the, it was, like, she gave me an iPod with, like, some folk music like Jordan Newsome, some funk music like George Clinton, and then she put Outcast on there. And once I heard So Fresh So Clean, I think it was my first rap song that I like really took in. And then the next day I started rapping immediately. And then I heard Soldier Boy. I think I heard So Fresh So Clean and Soldier Boy like within two days. Oh, nice, nice. And then it was over. I, I was like trying to copy Soldier Boy and Outcast and Jay Z and all sorts of people. But yeah, they might like if I had to put like him, my number one influences, they'd be old. I wouldn't say like they're what I listen to now. I like was listening to a lot of Ethiopia cues. Um, my sister put like a lot of world music on Ethiopia on my iPod. It was an iPod Nano, and Ethiopia is like a compilation. It's an anthology of 120 years of Ethiopian jazz, and that was huge. And that that's like why my beats sound as like dissonant but like beautiful and scary and kind of like sneaky sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, probably like and there's a lot of like interesting percussion sounds in your beats too. That, where uh... that probably came from when I was. A teenager, I got hip to like, well, I got hip to tribe like when I was twelve, like and kind of through Soldier Boy and all that. Um, but I got hip to like Board of Canada and this producer Blank oh, Body. Yeah. Um, Blank Body is my favorite producer probably ever. They stopped making music a couple years ago, but they they just had like all these bell sounds and they, their music was so busy and they, they would add like funk bass with like trap eight oh eight like seven years ago and have all these different textures and like IDM like glitch laser sounds mixed in and they'd be producing for some like big rappers too. And making it sound poppy and really just innovating sound design in like a really accessible way while taking old ideas. But yeah, I'd say probably number one influences, uh Ethiopics, the Beatles, uh there's this like political rap group Dead Press, um, and then probably like Outcast or Jay Z after that, and maybe some folk and world music on top of that. But yeah, like mostly rap and like production wise funk, probably George Clinton. I listen to a lot, probably no fucking dollar. Yeah, I, I have a, a few of their records. I love love B funk. Yeah, I, um, the first concert I went to, I was I was thirteen. My sister took me to a George Clinton show, and they oh, yeah. sold me a T shirt that was like a a woman's extra small. They were they were just hustling people, kind of not George Clinton, like his management. I respect it. And then I, I cut off the sleeves, so I made it like a tank top, and it, it's a really sus shirt. Like I, I really love it, but it's pretty sexist. Like it, I mean, it's not sexist, but it's like kind of like there's like this naked lady on it that's a snake that doesn't have legs um and then there's like george clinton is a pimp on it and like two <laughs> other naked snake ladies wrapped around him and i cut off the sleeves i was just walking around <laughs> like 12 <laughs> with his sus shirt on singing do fries go without shake 
I, as as wild to me that like he he's still uh partying and he's 79 i remember when i saw him when i was 13 my sister was like this could be his last show like this is an opportunity <laughs> wild individual yeah I, I feel like in 2019 that the tour that they were doing uh, was billed as a retirement tour where he was gonna like retire from touring and it was gonna be the last one but who knows if that'll be true <laughs> I, I can only imagine like how beautiful it must be to just uh, be present and then just chime in like how you described it sitting down and then just waking up for that one moment to perform and connect with people and then because at this point it's it's probably just like breathing to him yeah that's probably where he feels most most at home is just on the road going from stage to stage been doing it for so long and with like such a loyal following too one could only be so lucky yeah like now that i really think about it the first time that i really liked the music i was listening to I was playing like a Lego game and no, I was playing math games. I love like the, in school, like back, back in the day, there was like in um, third grade, we'd play like math games. I'd be like listening mm-hmm. to the math game music. And I think probably my sister one time, like walked into my room and I made this song called Swing Drew. And she was like, yo, that sounds like math game music. And I think it might be because of the math games I played. I don't remember any of the music from it, but I was obsessed with this one math game as a kid that was like Aladdin. Yo, I love Aladdin. It had, yeah, it had all like the Aladdin characters, but you had to like go through solving math puzzles. Damn, I uh, wish I played this game. When I was like six, I would I would speed run it. I would do it in like half an hour. Uh, I got to the point where I could just cruise through it. When did uh when did men uh where when did Shh came out? Because like you've released that in many voices so far this year. But what was sort of like the timeline on like getting those out? I've had many voices done since last since last summer, August, but I I just wasn't ready to drop it. I wanted to get some videos done and like mix it properly and like create a little bit of a world around it. So I was trying to drop it in December. Then just a bunch of real life stuff came up, and then I put that out on March first. I dropped Risky the week before. I deleted all my social media, made new social media for that. It, it just felt like a fresh start because I I've always that was many voices when my was my first. It's still like a rap album. But it's a lot of punk in there, or like post punk. I don't know what to quantify or qualify it as because I didn't really listen to a lot of guitar music growing up, so I wouldn't really know. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems different than rap. And then I put out last week, I think, or two weeks ago. I just put it out. I didn't. I didn't think think about it much. I had something intense going on, and I didn't want what was going on in my life to stand in the way of putting it out. So I just put it out. And then um, how I'm trying to think about things moving forward. Because I've spent a lot of time trying to, like, lie on other people to shoot videos with me um, and, like, always waiting for something to put out a project. But I dropped this project. I just shot a music video for the whole album. I'm dropping that probably tonight. I finished shooting that yesterday. I'm just trying to move forward because I, I create a lot and I don't put most of it out. Like, I make probably 100 songs a year plus 100 beats. Damn. And it's time to start putting it out and just focusing in more. Hell Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you have any plans of, of releasing anything else this year besides, yeah. the, besides the video tonight? Yeah, I have um, a bunch of music videos shelved that I'm trying to maybe get like one more shot for just to, to put finishing touches on. But I, I have a couple music videos that are done. I, I hope to drop another 50 songs this year at least. And hopefully like, I don't want to say another 10 music videos. That would be cool. I think that's kind of ambitious, but that, that would be cool. The whole many voices thing... Um, was pretty time consuming because it was all like me banging on glass and I put an amp on the glass. Now now that I'm like, I don't want to say I'm out of that phase. I'm going to like, I learned a lot from that project. The, the workflow is really fast now that I'm not trying to be like a band. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. So I think that's probably a good place to wrap up unless there's anything else that's on your mind that you want to talk about. Shout out real quick at the end. Shout out, Harry. Shout out, Austin Pudding. Um, shout out, shout out everybody that's listening to Mario Getty. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And like, Queen Latif, I want to party like Queen Latif. Queen Latif, I want to party like Queen Latif. Queen Latif, I want to party like Queen Latif. Save my race, not my police. Smoking all the and kicking my feet up. It's nice to meet you, but I gotta go. All right, there you have it, people. That's my interview with Marietti. Be sure to check out their music. Check out Shh, uh, which came out earlier this year. Many voices. Uh, I also know Marietti just dropped Aquatic Conspiracy Theories, that um, that unreleased project that they were talking about earlier in the in the interview. Um, that did end up coming out. So be sure to check that out. As always, thank you to everyone who has liked, shared, subscribed this podcast. This is, we're now nine episodes in. Uh, it has been so wonderful working on this project, uh, you know, this continued project. And I only hope to bring bring you all more interviews with really cool artists. As always, feel free to send me a message how you feel about the podcast, if you if you liked it, if there's a particular artist that you want to hear, and we can try to work that out, and I can try to get in touch with those people. Any and all feedback is welcome and encouraged. But yes, please remember to strap your friends and loved ones down to a chair like that scene in the Clockwork Orange and force them to listen to this podcast because, because yeah, uh, we're, we're growing an audience. And I, I've been learning a lot about growing a podcast audience in the last three months. And so on average, there's been like, 30 downloads per episode, which feels, you know, this is only the ninth episode. This feels, uh, that feels like a, like not, it, obviously it's not a huge number, not a huge audience, but I'm so grateful that there are that many after just, just nine episodes. Um, so thank you to everybody, uh, that like, you know, it makes it feel worthwhile that like anybody's listening. I know like plenty of our listeners are like, 
people I know, whether they're like friends of mine or people I've run into, you know, met around Boston. Uh, I know my mom. I know she tuned in <laughs> every episode. But yeah, so thank, thank you to everybody. Next week, I will be back with Forte and the Moons. So tune in for that. Yeah, no, have a great week, everybody. See you soon. Bye.